Hello, and welcome to the Short Gun Sportsman, a podcast about handgun hunting brought to you by Handgun Hunters International. My name is Ryan Hoover, and I'm your host. I believe handgun hunting is the most rewarding way to hunt, and it's something I want to share with as many people as I can. If you are at all interested in getting your own game meat, I want to challenge you to a way of hunting that is good for both your spirit and your body, so you can become the confident, self-reliant person you were meant to be. Unfortunately, despite years of proof otherwise, handgun hunting is still seen by some as a far-fetched stunt and by others as a sport only undertaken by guys who like severe recoil. This has not been helped by the limited but controversial media that has been produced around handgun hunting. Some of the things you've seen on TV actually were stunts and did nothing to promote this incredible sport. Truthfully, the type of people who handgun hunt varies enormously. There are folks from all walks of life, men and women, young and old, who have taken to the woods with a handgun. Bearing all that in mind, we thought a good way to launch this podcast would be to make the case for handgun hunting and answer some common questions we've gotten regarding hunting with a shotgun. I'm joined by Heath Tyler today. Heath is an active member in HHI as well as the owner of Tyler Classic Outdoors, a gun shop specializing in all things handgun hunting. What's up, Heath? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Man, I can't complain. I'm super excited we're finally doing this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So before we get started, here's why I hunt. I don't think that everybody has to become a hunter, but I do think that everybody could benefit from the perspective of having hunted at least one time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a connection that I've made to our world that I don't think you could make any other way about, you know, nature, about human nature, taking the life of an animal is serious business. And we totally lost touch with where meat comes from. Sure. We see it in a package, but we all, we owe it to ourselves, to the creatures we eat to know how that steak gets to our table. I think it also provides a wonderful experience out of doors, connecting with nature and seeing, you know, seeing everything come to life in the morning as the sun comes up, man, it just, you cannot, you cannot experience that any other way. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid being self-sufficient, getting my own food, that's been a huge, huge draw to me. I mean, we live next, we live in a big city, but we live next to a place that had a quarry and it was full of water and we used to go fishing and crawdadding down there. And, you know, just the idea that I could go out, get something to eat that was in nature and bring it back. And here's what I also say, like anybody who says they don't like game meat has never had it prepared properly. Agreed. People, people call deer, not, not necessarily all deer, but lots of game that they call it gamey. You know, they say that the meat is gamey, but never, nobody ever says, or actually I wonder like, you know, those tribes in Africa that primarily eat goat, if you gave them, if you gave them beef, would they be like, Oh, I don't like it. It's too beefy, you know, or too picky (laughs) or something like that. I mean, so I, I just think, and I, uh, I wrote about this in the hunting wire. It was an article I wrote called shrink the gut pile about using more of the animals you kill. And I think our, our American sensibilities about food need to change because there's, there's so many things we're leaving, leaving on the table, literally leaving on the table. Yeah. And you know, um, I was reading somewhere or listening somewhere. It is not common in other parts of the world to prefer tender meat. I've read that too. Yeah. It is interesting. Just like what we think of as food and what other people around the world think of as food, but you started as a rifle hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. How old were you when you killed your first deer? Uh, I think it was nine. Man, you beat me by a long shot. I was 17. 
we started young and and actually technically I we didn't start off as rifle hunters. We started off with shotguns. Then, you know, we all had single shots. I don't come from a hunting family, although they were always very supportive and my dad is a fantastic shot. When we moved to the smaller town we live in now, I had some friends who kind of took me under their wing and that's when it started. But I, I got into guns way before that. I got into guns when I was a younger teenager. And I started my love of handgun hunting by seeing the 1995 foldout for a Thompson Center contender and the barrels, you know, that were available. And then at the bottom was 300 Whisper. I was like, what the heck is that? It looks really it, like nothing. No cartridges looked like that back then. Yeah. And so that led me down the path of uh, learning about J.D. Jones and SSK and all then snowball from there. Man, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I kind of have the same story as far as what got me interested in it. I had to literally go back on eBay and buy that catalog because it was such a thing for me. You know, there are so many things about hunting and hunting with a handgun specifically, physical exercise. You know, that's something that we most of us desperately need more of. You know, it doesn't have to be strenuous, but when you hunt with a handgun, I think that's one of the great things is that you can, you can make it literally whatever you, whatever you want it to be. However you want to hunt, you can do it with a handgun. Absolutely. Man, so I, I have just picked up the memory and I've got to get a hold of this drawing. I'm pretty sure my mom saved it. I'm not sure how old I was, but I know I was not a good speller at this point. And I'm sure Jason Whitehead is going to give me a hard time about this part because I'm from Perry County. But <laughs> but uh, they asked us in school what we wanted for Christmas. And I uh, I had written, I want a, I want a pistoli. I spelled it wrong. Oh, nice. I put an E on the end of it. And uh, there's like a picture of me shooting a deer. That's cool. And, I, so I've got to find that. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, that's totally but, needs to go but in it's the a, archives. You know, a little stick man holding a pistol. You know, shoot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> One of the reasons that when we say like, "What do we like? Why do we like handgun hunting so much?" and our first answer is pause. You know, it's because it's something that you're just kind of drawn to. But I think at the same time, everybody has a little bit of it in them. You know, I, I don't know of anybody I've introduced handgun hunting to that didn't take a shine to it. I mean, not that they became a that's all they hunt with, but definitely got a, got a thrill or really enjoyed it or just thought the equipment was cool, like I said. And the thing about that, too, is like with handguns, you can eat, you can choose a handgun you know the old saying, beware the man with one gun? Like you can choose a handgun and it'll cover 99% of anything you will ever shoot. You can literally get a handgun that you can shoot rock chucks with all the way up to brown bear. On the other hand, you can get a handgun for every single species of animal that you ever want. You know, like this is for this animal, this is for that animal. So there's like such a broad spectrum of availability out there. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think most of us are in that camp. Most of us are in like, let's add to our collection camp. But I think another thing that handgun hunting has going forward is the portability of the firearm. Like you said, a lot of times where I hunt, there are opportunities to go over fences, under fences, crawling on the ground to, you know, crest a hill or something like that. And if you have a bow or rifle in your hand, there's no way you could crawl as easily as if you have a holstered handgun. hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Whenever I have a revolver on my hip, it's just the hands-free aspect of it is it's so cool. And on top of that, like if you're walking into the woods 
or if you're, let's say, you know, what Western hunting is a big deal right now. Mm-hmm. If you're bow hunting or rifle hunting, as you're walking in, right, your, your primary hunting arm is slung on your backpack. Sure. Right. So if you have one of those crazy opportunities, you know, you have to get that out in a hurry. Whereas a handgun hunters, you just draw, you know, yeah. it allows me to set up in positions that I could not set up in with a rifle. Mm-hmm. So knowing my pinch points and knowing the draws and stuff like that, you know, before with a rifle, you know, it's hard to shoot uphill, you know, getting a rest on your leg or whatever. Uh, Cause I, I hunt from the ground. So I'm sitting on the base of a tree or something like that. To me, it's, it, it's an advantage because I can still set up where the wind is in my face, you know, and cover the ground that I'm trying to cover. Not to mention the fact that if I'm having to pack this animal out. <laughs> yeah. Reduce, is, reduce your weight by pounds. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's almost, it's a better experience for me all the way around carrying a handgun into the woods as opposed to a rifle. Absolutely. I totally agree. Another factor that I wanted to mention about that is how many opportunities, and this is one of the things that I think is not spoken about enough. How many opportunities for people with physical limitations, how many opportunities is handgun hunting open for them? I mean, there's all kinds of ways that having a handgun is more is 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 easier for someone like here's the example uh my gunsmith mentor had um detached retina multiple times and cataract etc in his dominant eye his shooting eye he was he was a fantastic shot well in order for him to compete well we do some open-sided uh rifle competitions down in my neck of the woods called Schutzenfest. And in order for him to compete, he literally built a bar that stuck off the left side of his rifle to where he could shoot right-handed and sight with his left eye. And so if you're hunting with a handgun, there's no, if you're cross eye dominant, no problem. You can sight with your left eye just as easy if you're shooting right-handed. And also on top of that, people with shoulder injuries, there are still some limitations as far as lifting a heavy gun or whatever, but so much less recoil gets transferred to their shoulder. And then for people who, for whom it's just more difficult to get around, it's so much easier toting a handgun than a, than a rifle in a sling. No comparison. Okay. I'm going to bring up a topic that I actually, um, I, I, I have an opinion on, but I want to get yours first. Hunting with a defensive pistol, specifically nine millimeter. My daily carry is a 357. And, and mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I hear you. Okay. Here's, but here, and that is, that's one of the things that I think has been misconstrued because people say hunting with a nine millimeter and your mind immediately went to deer hunting, didn't it? Oh, it did. Absolutely. Right. That's yeah. primarily what I hunt. Exactly right. However, you know that in the past few years, gun sales have just skyrocketed. Oh and, yeah. I mean, you know that uh, you own a, you, you own a freaking gun shop. The data says that it's primarily towards urban areas, minorities, and females. And what I want to get out there and make sure is known is the cross-discipline training that handgun hunting can afford. Like, there is no other type of hunting where the skills are applicable to your self-defense as well. Yes, if you bought, a, if you have a, a, a shield, Smith & Wesson Shield 380 or whatever for home protection or your Glock nine millimeter or the Taurus G three or whatever, 
yeah, I, I want to be unequivocal about saying that is not a good idea to hunt deer with that. I mean, why would you give yourself such a, a low margin of error, you know? Sure. But on the flip side, there are things you can hunt with that. Things you can eat and things. I This is the example that I always give. If you can shoot a rabbit in the head from 15 feet away with your 380, how much better are you going to be if you ever have to use it in a self-defense situation? Oh, 100%. And, and vice versa, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly right. You know, with with everything the way going the way it's going, people being interested in getting their own food, people being interested in own, in gun ownership and learning how to shoot, the, the fundamentals are the same, regardless of whether it's defensive shooting or handgun hunting. Whatever gun it is, your trigger press, your sight alignment, your grip, all that stuff. And if you get to the if you get to the range and practice, you'll develop skills that are applicable to both. But here's another thing: as much as all these competitions try to simulate, you know, IPSC, IDPA, they try to simulate stress and adrenaline and excitement. They do. But as far as I'm concerned, the best simulation for that is hunting. Like, you know how keyed up you get when you f- see the animal you're hunting. Man, I'm almost 40 years old and I get excited every time I even see a deer driving down the road. Man, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> it never loses its spirit. It's magic. We should have a caveat that you are an especially excitable person, though. Well, I mean that is a compliment. As yeah. a per, as a as a person, my wife is always like, "I wish you'd get more excited." I I'm like, <laughs> "Well, maybe you should have had Heath make you a meatloaf," you know. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it, it, same with me. Like, you know, however long we've been hunting, if I'm in the blind or if I'm walking through the woods and you see a deer, it's like that immediate adrenaline dump. And, oh, yeah. and on top of that, small game hunting or hunting through the woods where you might have very short opportunities to make a shot, that is good, good, great training for using your pistol in a defensive situation. So I hope one of my, one of my biggest goals is, through HHI is to reach out to those people and just be able to have give them a means of being able to get their own food with a gun that they use to defend, defend themselves. I think that I think that's cool. Okay. Man, the- the more people that can experience this, the better. Totally agree. I asked a bunch of HHI members a while back the number one reason they handgun hunt. What do you think the number one answer was? Man, I don't I don't know. No idea. When I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. It was the challenge. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So for me, I'll give you my, my quick backstory. I don't know if I've ever told you this story before. My wife and I moved in 2018. In the same town, but we bought, we sold our house and bought our house. And it was the most traumatic experience of my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Till the uh, next time you move. <laughs> which will be when I have enough money to leave town and come back when I live in another house. But anyway, so it was a terrible situation as far as like drama with the realtors. And we closed on the same day with both houses. So we had to be out of one house and in the other house on the same day. It was just hectic. And, oh, and my wife was eight and three quarters months pregnant with our third daughter. Wow. So it was, ugh, uh, that was coupled with a couple of other things that were going on. I was, I was at kind of like a crisis moment in my career or I was like, I wasn't happy with what I was, with what I was doing and I was trying to make a change. And so anyway, I went to the, uh, I went to the range with some rifles that I had built and my very first specialty pistol that I ever built. And I noticed that I had developed a flinch later learned out it was due to anxiety. So this is what I was going through coming into my first handgun only season. 
I had hunted with a handgun before, but this season I decided I'm leaving the rifle at home. That was my, my frame of mind at the time. So that season I took my 12 inch 458 SOCOM specialty pistol that I had built off of a Remington action. I think it weighed almost eight pounds. You know, it had wow. a bull barrel on it. I carried that thing in the woods with a sling. I shot off a bog pod, red legged devil bipod. Here's what I learned that season. I came out of that season. I killed a, a whitetail, an axis, a pig, and an elk with that gun. Now, I didn't do a fancy, I just want to caveat. I didn't do a fancy elk hunt. It was on a game ranch here with a friend. So I learned the value of woodsmanship. My buddy hunted with me and we learned how to stalk. We we saw so many things in the woods that we never would have seen if we hadn't been hunting that way. Because you know where I come up, you sit, you shoot from a blind most of the time. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, is fine because we have so many deer that we need that kind of success rate around here. Otherwise, we'd have starving deer. But of course, the practice that had to go into that, it really boosted my confidence. I set this challenge for myself amidst all this anxiety-inducing stuff that was going on in my life. And I overcame that challenge. And I believe this is why I'm such an evangelist about handgun hunting, that handgun hunting made me a better person. I'm not saying it'll make everybody a better person, but there's challenging things about a lot of things in life. And you can hunt with a handgun in a way that isn't super challenging. But, you know, in order to hunt with a handgun, you have to set parameters for yourself that aren't easy to stay within. And if you choose to hunt with a handgun, you're dedicating yourself to overcoming those difficulties that are associated with that. You have to go to the range a lot. I mean, you have to be responsible in the field by only taking the shots that you've prepared yourself for. But at the end of all that, you know, when when you accomplish it, the memory of all that pain and frustration kind of just goes away. Of course, you know, you're like ready to go for it. No matter how hard it was, you're ready to go at it again. And that's why I just hammer on this point of challenge yourself, overcome that challenge whatever it may be associated with handgun hunting, you never know what kind of confidence booster it can, it can lead to in other areas of your life. Do you have any, you have any experiences like that? Oh yeah. I think anybody that's, that's lived very long has got, you know, experiences that would cause, but you know, just like anything else, you learn a discipline in one area of your life. It applies to multiple areas being able to slow down and breathe through a situation, no matter what it is, is a good skill to have. The ability to stay focused on one thing kind of makes, it takes a mountain and turns it into a molehill, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. That I like what you said about anytime you learn discipline in one area, it, it crosses into other areas of your life. Sure. I wanna, we're going to talk more on another episode about, you know, flinching, target panic, anxiety, et cetera, but... I just think the the opportunities afforded by the sport to better yourself are just immense. Sure. Okay, here we go. This is the fun part. I want to go into the top myths that you have either heard or think are pervasive today about handgun hunting. You go first. Probably the one thing that I get the most, you know, when I introduce somebody to what I'm doing and kind of show them some of the weapons that I use, they automatically assume that you have to get something that's just punishing and recoil to get the job done. And, and even though I think there is, and this is personal, you you want to progress, right? But, but not that that's progression, not recoil is not progression, but, but you, you want to 
rise to a higher level of challenge or whatever, you know, but you just don't have to, you don't have to do that to get started. I think that's probably the one thing, Oh man, I could never, you know, or whatever, because the Rico, I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. This is not, I, I just put together my first 375 JDJ and I was terrified of that whenever I first got started. You know, I think my first hunting handgun was a 41 Blackhawk. And uh, at that time, I'll talk more about that later, but it was a lot of recoil to start off with, even though it's not bad. I mean, just it wasn't what I was expecting and I, I was frustrated with it. I didn't practice enough. Later went to the 357 Max, which is pretty mild. And that's kind of what I tell people is like, look, you don't have to do all this crazy stuff. That's just, people just do that because they want yeah. to. It's not because they have to. Right. Well, I want to add, I'm going to add something to that. I, I hear you from the perspective of people thinking you have to be incredibly yeah. recoil tolerant. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, like a lot of people think it's just guys who like to punish themselves with recoil. And believe me, there are those people out there. There are a lot of HHI members that the bigger, the better, you know, if they could fit uh, a 700 nitro in an encore, they would. And now somebody listening to this is Roy's probably going to do that now. What I want to add to that is also the misperception that people have about how hard certain guns kick. You know, when I was building custom guns, a lot of times, you know, and I built a lot of specialty pistols, bolt action specialty pistols, and people thought automatically because it's in a rifle caliber, it's just going to yeah. punish the heck out of you. You know, they come in and see a, a 308 pistol that I had built. And, you know, these guns are bigger guns for sure, but it's really not as bad. And, and that's another thing, too, is that a lot of people that I have let shoot those guns, the first thing is, oh, that wasn't so yeah. bad, you know? I found that people are like, they'll look at the an XP 100 and 308 and be like, oh my gosh, that thing must kick so bad. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you get a you get a four and a half inch 475 line ball, that thing yeah. will rip your fingers off. I mean, there are people who are very good at shooting that kind of gun. I'm not one of them, but smaller big bore revolvers oh, yeah. is, is where the real recoil is. Also, you know, you know, you said you don't have to be intolerate recoil to improve, and that's absolutely true. You can hunt your whole life with milder kicking guns. If you don't have physical limitations, handling recoil is also a skill oh, that yeah. you can acquire, you know, learning your fundamentals with a small, like I've, you're, you've done that. Obviously I'm working on that. Recoil is not a hindrance to anybody in any way getting into handgun hunting. You, if you are interested in really heavy kicking guns, yes, absolutely. There's a place for you. If you, want to start lighter there's yes there's absolutely a place for you i want to make it clear here that you know the handgun hunting community that i'm involved in and that you're involved in i don't care what your recoil absolutely sensitivity not. level is i had to because of my target panic and my flinch which i said i'll get into more in another episode like i had to go down to 357 i was shooting 44 mag and 708 encores and i had to go down to my 357 yeah. Another myth that people think about is that handgun hunting is only suitable. Basically, they say, it, this is my paraphrasing, but they only think hunting with a handgun is suitable for game that you really don't care much about their life. Pigs, coyotes, coons, those disposable animals that most hunters are just like, oh yeah, you could shoot at them with a handgun because if they die, if they don't die, it doesn't matter. 
I totally disagree with that, obviously. But yes, you can hunt all those things with a handgun, but handguns are capable of taking any game species on Earth and have mm-hmm. humanely. I think that's a little known fact. And that goes into the other myth that handgun hunting is a stunt. When Larry Kelly or J.D. Jones or those guys back in the day, it was reliable just as much as a rifle would be. You just have to craft your hunting situation to meet the requirements of the gun you're hunting with. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so a guy I know was telling a story about how he went on a pig hunt and this guy had was guiding him. And the guy thought he was a fool for carrying. He had a 44 mag. I'm sure it was a Smith. But he just had, you know, regular whatever the white box, you know, Winchester ammo was. And the guy thought he was a nut. And uh, this pig, the dogs, I think it was dogs. Either way, this this pig had gone off into the to this thicket. The guy told him, he's like, you got to go in there after that. And he's like, okay. So he got down on his belly and started crawling, which you couldn't do with a rifle. And all of a sudden, this pig starts lunging after the guy, comes running straight at him. So he just throws up real quick, bam, shot that pig in the chest. And it, I mean, it folded up like a napkin. That The guy thought, the guy, he was like, oh my gosh, I would have never thought you could do that, you know? One of the funny things about that to me, though, is the fact that that handgun hunting kind of goes through cycles. And I guess this is just the curse of, curse of kind of a niche pursuit that... We've proved it could be yeah. done, but then people forget, so we have to prove it again. You go through the, the 70s and 80s and early 90s when handgun hunting was in its golden age. Everything was being done, and we had we didn't have near the, especially optics, we didn't have near the availability of equipment that we have now, and these guys were out there you know, doing it and doing it real. And so I think that's surprising to me that people that the collective memory is so short in the hunting community that even hunters now are still going back to tropes that were true in the early eighties. Yeah, I know it's, it is strange, but I I think that the industry has kind of programmed people to be that way by coming out with new stuff all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, it's like, well, there is a good thing because there's an opportunity for, us to gain new converts sure and there was a vacuum for for hhi to fill which i i'm obviously grateful for all right here's another one it's kind of a two-part either handguns aren't accurate enough to hunt with or handguns have too short a range i i tell i tell people all the time that i'm a handgun hunter they're like oh yeah so like 40 30 40 yards (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're laughing because you know what handguns are capable of. I, and here's the story I always tell. Um, I went to uh, Y shot in Wyoming, which uh, is a competition put on by Ernie Bishop that revolves around bolt action, specialty pistols, shooting rifle cartridges at extreme distances. And the furthest target that we were shooting at uh, that year was over 1400 yards. And me as a novice shooting a borrowed gun with a good spotter, I was able to put, and now it was a, it was a, I think it was a 14 by 16 inch plate at 1400 and something yards on my second or third Whoa. shot. That's crazy. Now I want to be absolutely emphatic that I do not recommend hunting at that uh, range with anything. Of course. I'm not a big fan of that, but it shows the capability. Oh Yeah. And also, as a as a reformed custom gun builder, I know that 
barrel length really has nothing to do with accuracy. It only has to do with velocity. Heck, in some cases, the shorter barrel's better. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, that's true. And then you have those calibers that were designed for a certain barrel length, and if you go over that barrel length, you're actually losing efficiency in that cartridge. Mm-hmm. You know, long barrel twenty twos are a good mm-hmm. example of that. So yeah, I that is that's a big one that I get, and people are just kind of incredulous when I tell them, you know, that I have handguns that are every every bit as capable. Am I capable? That's the big question. That gets back to like the limitations you have to place on yourself, you know, as well as I do that, like you practice at 50 yards, practice at 50 yards, practice at 50 yards, practice at 50 yards, you get good at 50 yards. And then on the range, you're like, one day I want to see how I can do at 75 or a hundred yards. And you don't have it. <laughs> you're just not yeah. there yet. And then you go to the woods and you're deadly at 50 yards, but that deer stops, steps out at yeah. 90. You got to say no, you got to say no. And that is where the, the self-control and the challenge of the thing is your choice is there to get the pass or try to close up 40 yards, you know? Yeah. And that's a that's a big deal with, with handgun hunting. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Well, and, you know, and it's so obviously on the bench and, and, and in the field is two totally different things. One of my favorite things to do is to catch people at the range, you know, because I'm over there shooting and you get a lot of onlookers, you know? Like, what is that thing, yeah. you know? And I love setting people down and giving and handing it to them and throwing out, I've got some of the half scale or whatever they are, silhouette targets, the Ram. Yep. I love mm-hmm. setting one of those out there at a hundred yards and letting people shoot it. They're like, yep. I, Oh, I no, I'm not, I'm not a good shot with a pistol. You know, come over here and sit down. Look, here's how you hold yep. it. Dry fired a couple times. All right. Here's a round. Pow, ding, whoa. You know, yeah. Yep. I love doing yep. that, man. I have a standing offer in my local area that if, if anybody wants to shoot them, just let me know. I will bring my arsenal out to their ranch or wherever yeah. they hunt with some ammo and everybody will get a chance to, to really see what it's like. And I love that too, because it's myth busting where you're just like, no, here's the yeah. truth. I'm really not that good yeah. of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, here's the yeah, truth. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. And you know, here's another thing. When I was a rifle builder, the industry standard was going was in the, in the midst of transitioning from if you are a custom builder and you built a rifle that shot one inch groups at 100 yards, that was a good standard. Yeah. You know, by the time I was done, if you didn't build a half inch or three eighths inch rifle, you were not in the running for, a, you know, somebody who wanted to do business with you, which is fine because it's really, there's no secret. Accurate guns are, are simple. Not always easy, but they're simple. The formula is there. If it's concentric, parallel, and perpendicular, you'll get an accurate gun. Sometimes you'll get a weird component that doesn't want to cooperate, but most of the time that's not true. So I got to thinking about this one time. It was like, okay, I'm building a hunting rifle that shoots quarter-inch groups. Great. What are you ever going to hunt that has a quarter-inch vital zone? (laughs) That's a valid Even a squirrel. Even a squirrel doesn't have a quarter-inch vital zone. bird, maybe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the hummingbird season is in your neck of the woods, but I don't think there's a lot of meat no, on them. There's not, and it probably be pretty, probably be pretty tough with the the wings flapping that fast. The uh, so collectively as gun hunters, we've got this thing in our head: if a gun isn't half inch accurate, and even factory rifles these days are guaranteeing half inch groups with factory ammunition, because again, that just goes to show the manufacturing techniques these days are just up to the task of keeping those tolerances. So my thing about that is what perspective do we need to have realistically about what, how accurate your gun needs to be? We handgun hunters have always said, you know, the distance at which you can keep them in a pie plate, 
Yeah. You know, and I, I, I like to be a little better than that, you know, oh, yeah. four, four inches. I think you know, four to like six. That. Yeah, you know? exactly right. But, you know, you tell people these days, like, yeah, my gun shoots four inches at 100 yards. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's the most inaccurate piece of crap I've ever heard of. You know, you shoot that thing. Yeah. But in reality, that's plenty. If you're shooting a deer at 100 yards or less, that's plenty. Oh, absolutely. You know? it is. And I guarantee you that most handguns are capable of that it's the shooter that isn't and i'm speaking from deep experience on that one that you know i've been humbled multiple times giving my gun to a better shooter who just shoots way smaller groups you're like okay well crap that was (laughs) well you know (laughs) you gotta have a gun that's not a half moa right because then what are you gonna blame it on (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's true man this thing's kind of finicky sometimes you know (laughs) so that that to me is another interesting one. I mean, accurate guns are cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not oh, saying yeah. that we should lower our standards for the guns we buy, but just to put it into perspective, what 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 do you actually need? And if you have a gun that shoots, I I would say the average across. And I mean, you can correct me if you think I'm, that it's different, and I'm sure listeners will correct me too. I mean, I, I no, would say no, that no, no. I, no, not at all. Not this. I would group. say I would say average. For a factory hunting handgun, uh, not average, on the big side, two inches at 100 yards. I mean, I would say most factory hunting handguns are capable of at least two-inch groups at 100 yards. Do you think that's accurate? Oh, I'd say so. Of the gun itself, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, right. We know of several factory guns capable of much, much, much better than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, here's another thing. Aside from sighting in, I've gotten away from shooting at targets. I shoot at steel. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know, I, I put up a, a piece of steel that's the size of a vital zone, and if I hit it, I count it. Yeah, that takes a lot of the stress out of it. It makes it so much more fun, you know. I, I've got a, I've got some shooting buddies that you know, because I used to shoot rifles with them, and I'll still go over there and play around with their guns. But you know, they're over there just really analyzing this situation, and I'm like, ah. Man, that just that ain't fun to me no more, you know. I know, yeah, and I mean, to each their own. I, I, I yeah, absolutely that's fine, but, but I'm, I'm with you. And what's funny though, is that that Y shot competition I mentioned. Yeah, that is the place for that in the handgun hunting world. A hundred percent agree with rifle that. rifle scopes, tactical style scope. Yeah, with an MOA reticle on the gun that I was shooting, and so there's a lot of that out, and there's. Total, you got to calculate drop and drift, and it's in Wyoming, so there's a lot of drop and drift. <laughs> that, so that's another good point about, like, if you're into that, there's a home for you in, in handgun hunting world as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I don't yeah. definitely don't want to take anything away from those guys. I just like to be in the woods, man, and I like to be, uh, I like to be hunting. And I that was a barrier for me because I'm bad to analyze stuff way too much. It is, that is my natural tendency. I'm learning, you know, I'm learning to not freak out over tiny groups. <laughs> oh, well, see, there you, you know go. It's mean? like, you're de-stressing about exactly. something too. Exactly. A hundred percent. Right, right. Okay, so wrapping up, making the case for yeah. handgun hunting. Uh, it's obvious both of us have gotten a lot out of it, a lot of self-improvement from pursuing it, a lot of enjoyment from the equipment a lot of love of talking about it and learning more about it. If you were to give three 
key pieces of advice to anybody bullet point wanting to get into handgun hunting, what would they be? Commit first, figure the rest out later. Like just commit to doing it. Don't be afraid to get out there. I mean, we, we all got buddies and they all got big bucks and everybody wants to sit around and talk about their big buck and all this stuff. And that's fine. But like, really we're not forced to feed our family this way. Right. And and you can't eat antlers and all that stuff. Don't let peer pressure talk you out of something you want to try. I know that for me, that was kind of part of what held me off of it for a while was just the fact that nobody around me was doing it, you know? And so I, I thought that by doing it, I was going to somehow drop down a level uh, with as far as the deer I was killing and that type of thing. Don't let that mess with you. And then start small and work your way up. That'd probably be my three. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to say, I shouldn't, I should have gone first so you didn't take all the good ones. (laughs) I'm going to say first is hunt with what you've got. Oh yeah, that's a good one. If you have a handgun, there is a way to get into the field with it. There is something you can pursue in the field, whether it's a squirrel, varmints, rabbits, whatever, all the way up to medium, big size game, whatever. There is a field situation, a hunting pursuit to match any handgun that you have at your house, whatever kind of handgun it is. The second is reach out to some HHI members. I mean, obviously I want you to join HHI, but we're all over the internet and the thing about HHI members is our willingness to help and our desire to bring new people into the sport. Find someone, message them, tell them what you're trying to do. You can always contact me through HHI or whomever else, but get, get, if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask them. And then I'm going to echo the other one you said, which was commit, leave the rifle at home. If you carry a handgun on your hip and then bring your rifle just in case, and I'm doing air quotes here, you get a, a longer shot, you'll never use your handgun. That's right. Leave your rifle at home. If you're going to handgun hunt, gosh darn it, hunt with only your handgun. Yeah, and I, I I can guarantee you that once you give it a try, you're definitely, definitely going to be, if not hooked, then at least affected oh 100 percent. and and to yeah. touch back on what you said there on what was it maybe number two man i have messaged uh a lot of these guys and 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 people that people in the group that that i i was like man this guy's gonna think because i'm not as experienced as a lot of the guys in this group i don't think there's a guy in this group that wouldn't love to help somebody if they had a question i mean some exactly. of the exactly BPOE, best people on earth. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. And here's another thing. I want to segue into that. This is a perfect segue because I wanted to end by talking a little bit about HHI. You know, we uh, passed our one year anniversary of being reformed in June of this year. Um, we're really getting some traction, new members joining, giveaways, etc. So the first thing I want to talk about with HHI is what you're just talking about, which is the, the caliber of our members. This was one of the reasons that I decided to make our forum such a big deal on HHI because I'm very strict about running it under one rule. And that is all you're required to be is polite. And it's been going great. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think that because of that, I always say we have the best forum on the internet because 
I don't think we've we have had hardly any. I'm trying to think of a a G-rated way to say this. We have had we've had no no real peeing contests. <laughs> well put. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and everybody is just so like even the disagreements are just so chock full of information about well I did this and I did that and I just think it's I think it's great and so. The reason that I'm very strict about that is because I want this place to be a place for new and less experienced hunters. You know, you're talking about your experience being intimidated to reach out to somebody. I mean, we have some, we literally have people in our group who wrote books about handgun hunting, who have hunted all over the entire world. I mean, the experience is vast, but not one of them that is that experience has been shy about kindly offering really valuable advice. And so I think that that's, that's one of the best things we have going for us. Although you kind of have to experience that one to really get the most out of it. Absolutely. You do. Um, but man, they're just such a good group of guys and, and I've been a gun nut my whole life. So I've been on forums and I can attest to that. We really have the best forum out there on the internet because there is so much trash talk that goes down on some of these other forums, and we just don't experience that at HHI. It's it's all good information, and it is void of a lot of chest pounding and yeah. and a lot of you know just different unnecessary stuff. The tone has been set, and I'm confident that the forum is going to continue that way. And I think that. Man, if you're at all interested in handgun hunting, this is the place where you can come and learn about it. I mean, just reading through the forum, you'll get a lot of information. But if you have a specific question, this is a great place to offer it, to ask it. Absolutely. A real legitimate, experienced answer. I always operate through two philosophies. One is there's no such thing as a stupid question. Sure. So I've told people, like, I'm an evangelist, not an expert. I am so excited about handgun hunting, but... My experience handgun hunting is in my little area in Texas. You know, I've hunted with a lot of different handguns, but I haven't pursued a lot of the different species of game that a lot of our members have. But I'm not shy to get on there, even though I'm the flipping director of HHI, I'm not shy to get on there and be like, hey, what do you think about this or that? So the second thing about HHI that I think is awesome, and I have a hard time conveying my level of passion about this is our giveaways. Giveaways have become a standard marketing technique for many companies these days. And it's because who doesn't want free stuff? Sure. However, my impetus for wanting to include giveaways in HHI is to really get these guns, gear, and ammo into hands of people for whom they will be of use. Our very first giveaway was uh, there was a guy, really supportive, really good HHI member whose wife was dealing with cancer. Our first giveaway was a 45 caliber Black Hawk, 200 rounds, 150 rounds of ammo or something like that. Holster, Magnaport, coupon. The guy that won it had been going through some rough stuff. And his excitement at winning it and just being his gratitude, I mean, that set the tone for me of being like, we're never not going to do this because who have affected somebody in such a positive way, somebody so deserving, you know, was just such a, a meaningful experience for me as the director. So to me, that is the thing that I want to grow about HHI. Like I have this crazy vision 
that we have multi-thousand members and we're doing multiple giveaways a month, you know, yeah. where it's like we have a gun giveaway, we have a gear giveaway, we have an ammo giveaway, we have little contests. And so my my saying about this is that our, our giveaways are not gimmicks. I'm so keen on that aspect of it. And I want to convey that to people because there have been plenty of organizations, membership organizations that have come and gone that kind of did this model, like the giveaway stuff. Although I don't think ever, anybody's done it the way we're doing it just because it's so, we're, we're, we just embrace simplicity about it. If you're an HHI member, you're entered. Yeah. And we're going to find the best prizes that we can. And I mean, just to dream for a minute, you don't have to, we don't have to go through them right now, but just imagine the hunting handguns that are not in production anymore that are the holy grail of handgun hunters. Like imagine a giveaway where we can get those guns and give them away. You know, imagine a giveaway where it's no big deal to buy a Ruger Hawkeye. Yeah. And that's our giveaway gun. You know, just those kinds of things where it's like, there's no way I will ever be able to get one of those, either because I can't afford it or because they're so hard to find. That's where I want to go, man. That is where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's going to be great when we get there. The good news is that even now, we still have the ability to do some pretty rad giveaways. The other thing about HHI that I think is awesome is the six gunner. Now, you're you're on the list to get the old six gunners, right? A hundred percent. Okay. For those who don't know, I when HHI was an organization run by JD Jones that put out a, a newspaper called the Six Gunner every other month, and he was kind enough to send all those to me and, and I am digitizing them and I send them out for free. And we're also working on getting them all up on the website so that people can view them. Right now, if you want to view, I think it's like 30-something issues are on the handgunhuntersinternational.com website. But we restarted, when we restarted HHI, we obviously had the six-gunner restart, but it's now just a digital publication. And was it, Heath, was it September that we went free to the public for the six-gunner? I see it's November now, so... um it was either September or October. I can't remember which. Okay. Well, the last issue was the one that we just said, here's here's how we're changing things up. Now, instead of having to be a member to read the Six Gunner, now you have to be a member to write for the Six Gunner. And so the idea behind that is that it's kind of our organization's love letter about handgun hunting to the rest of the world. We have some amazing writers. We have some professional writers who are also HHI members that people familiar with gun rags may be familiar with, but also like some guys who fly under the radar who you'd never heard of. We have some members who have just done crazy amount of handgun hunting and they, they contribute to the six gunner and there is so much information there. It's, it's insane. One of the great things about it being a labor of love is that there is no impetus from me as the editor to the authors be like, you have to write about this. It is send me your experience. And by doing that, I get, you know, it's all so real. We talked before I, before I restarted HHI, when you tell people why to join, what do you tell them? Man, I'm just kind of a sucker for that question because I just like being a part of a group of people that are into the same thing as me. A lot of people duck hunt cause that's a group thing, right? Well, deer hunting is kind of a solitary thing, right? Hanging Hunters International is a way that we can do these solitary things together. That's my number one reason for being a part of it. 
there's obviously good a lot of other reasons too. And I'm just telling you why I like it. Yeah. Where I live, it's not like a dozen handgun hunters meet for coffee every right. Thursday morning. I you, wish, you know? you know? And so, right. Yeah, I wish. Right. I wish. But just to be able to kind of have our group, I think it's, it's awesome. Okay, bud, we're going to close it out. We're going to close it out here. Guys, as you can see, we are super passionate about handgun hunting. I love it. It's made me better. I love sharing it. And if you're a hunter who's gotten bored with your method of hunting, or you just want to give something else a try, handgun hunting can definitely revitalize your hunting. It'll give you a feeling of excitement and anticipation you had when you first took to the field in pursuit of your own food. And if you have had an injury or chronic condition that prevents you from using a bow or a rifle, pick up a handgun and see how it feels to shoot. And lastly, if you've never hunted in your life, but you're interested in getting your own food and learning some new valuable skills, handgun hunting is the perfect pastime for you. We love talking about and helping people get into this wonderful sport of ours. If you need any tips or advice or just want to know more, please reach out to me at Ryan at handgunhuntersinternational.com. And I want you to know that my guiding philosophy is that there is no such thing as a stupid question, and I am always ready to help, and that goes for every other HHI member that I know of. This episode is brought to you by Handgun Hunters International. Handgun Hunters International is the premier organization for handgun hunters. We have a cool website where we have a great, well-moderated forum that is friendly to all ages and experience levels. The Six Gunner, which is our bi-monthly digital magazine, is written exclusively by HHI members and is free to the public. We host giveaways of guns, gear, and ammo each month, and every prize is worth several times what membership costs. We also trade info with the industry, and we want to have more influence there as we grow. Help us fulfill our mission of supporting and growing the handgun hunting community by joining today at handgunhuntersinternational.com. Again, if you have any questions on how to get started in handgun hunting, please reach out to me at ryan at handgunhuntersinternational.com. We may even have an HHI member in your area that you can connect with for further help. Please leave us a review and don't forget to follow Handgun Hunters International on social media at handgunhuntersint. Thank you all and good hunting.